At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you following a... 126 to 105 loss by the Hornets out in Los Angeles against the Clippers. Unfortunately, it is a silver linings edition here on the HHC. We'll go ahead and break this one down for you since, of course, it was a little bit of a later night here on the East Coast with that 1030 tip. We'll also talk about our silver linings and we got to talk about the latest news coming out of the Hoop Hall of Fame. Of course, yesterday was the 131st anniversary of Dr. James Naismith inventing this great game we know as basketball. And yesterday as well was the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame announced the eligible candidates for the class of 2023. We're going to go ahead and talk about some of the first-time nominees that are on the list and how they have a couple of ties to the Queen City as well. And helping me out with all of these topics on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, he's back again, the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley. And Sam, thank you once again, as always, for joining me on the HHC today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So let's go ahead and dive right into this one. There's really not much to break down, unfortunately, though. In last night's loss to the LA Clippers, it's the 10th consecutive loss that the Hornets have had against the Clippers. And when you take a look at this one, I don't want to say it was over quick, but it was over relatively early as Los Angeles. Angeles led this one 37-19 after the first quarter. Keep in mind, too, no Terry Rozier once again last night for the Hornets. He's still nursing that hip contusion. L.A. just exploded in the first half for 71 points. They led it 71-40 to at halftime. And when you take a look back at some of the numbers that stood out to me, I had the Clippers for 6-for-7 inside the restricted area in the first quarter. They were doing a really good job attacking the rim, finishing at the rim. Second quarter, it was almost a complete 180 of what style they wanted to use as they were just raining three 
threes down. They were 12 of 25 from beyond the arc in the first half. That's good for 48% as a team. Shooting from the field, they were shooting 52%, and the Hornets were just shooting abysmally. 26% from the field through the first two quarters of play. They were 2 of 16 from beyond the arc. Lamella Ball had 11 points in the first half. He was the only Hornet in double figures. Things got a little bit better, though, there in the third quarter. Charlotte outscored the Clippers 34 to 26 in that third frame. Lamella Ball was starting to work on a triple-double. 16 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists. He did get that triple-double right around the midway point of the fourth quarter. It ended up being his seventh of the career of LaMelo Ball. And we, of course, will talk about that here a little bit later on, I'm sure, with our silver linings. But Hornets started to wave the white flag about 321 left to go in the game. They were down 118-94. to Both teams emptied the benches, and the Clippers score a season-high 126 points as the Hornets fall 126-105. to Sam, I said this on the broadcast yesterday at the end of the game. It just seemed like a case of the Mondays on a Wednesday for the Hornets, or if you were back on the East Coast by the time the game ended, case of the Mondays on a Thursday. Yeah, I think that was it. Was one of those games where it just never felt like anything got going. Uh, I think the Clippers had a 28-7 to run in the first quarter, and by the time Hornets kind of found their footing briefly I mean it like you said it wasn't over but it certainly felt like a really big uphill battle and seemed like a lot of their issues just kind of compounded on each other they couldn't get anything going on half-court offense missing a lot of shots turnovers and then that was leading into transition opportunities for the Clippers so the Hornets could never get their defense set and then were constantly taking the ball out of the net and couldn't get out in transition to avoid getting into a half-court opportunities, which they just couldn't capitalize on. So it was almost kind of like this circular kind of couldn't really get out of this never-ending cycle. Um, you know, obviously the first half was really rough transition defense, half-court offense. Thought, like you said, they got a little bit better in that third quarter, had a couple runs here and there in the fourth, but it never really felt like they ever got really within striking distance. I think the close it was was like 14 with – six or seven minutes left in the game. So LA's good. I mean, they got a lot of good players. They were fully healthy. They didn't have a single player on the injury report. They've got so many long, twitchable guys in that two, three, four position that uh, defensively, they're just really, really tough to play against. You've mentioned the, the Hornets' lack of success against the Clippers in recent years. I mean, it's not a coincidence. It's just been a team that they've had just a lot of problems with, especially in LA. And last night was no different, unfortunately. Well, and they also only play each other twice a season. So, of course, it's smaller sample size than like some losing streaks that we talked about, of course, in years previous, like the ones against the Philadelphia 76ers and that sort of thing. The good news, though, is that the Hornets did outscore the Clippers 65-55 to in the second half. They did make some inroads. Like you said, they got it down to about 14. There was a little bit of a slight glimmer of hope there that maybe they were able to go on a run, but once they punched, then it seemed like the Clippers just punched back in threefold by the way that they were shooting the three ball. After the game, here's what head coach Steve Clifford said about that little mini comeback that the team had in the second half. Listen, we had it at 14 with seven and a half minutes. We should have to stop. We had Kawhi bottled up in the middle of the paint. No, I'm like five, five minutes. And he's great. He's got the great shot fake step through, which we should know. Shot fake, we bite on the steps through as a huge part. We go down and miss an open shot. They come back and hit it, and all of a sudden it's, it's 19 again. So, I mean, 30 in the first half of this league is doable. That's, I mean, that happened. That doesn't happen every night, but you have plenty of time. But you gotta, like, those are the things that are crushing. You know, it's 14, you have a chance to win the game. Can't do stuff like that. Sam, I certainly understand the frustration, especially the way that this team played on the second night of a back-to-back just a few days ago in Sacramento where they were able to pull out that win and end that losing streak. But here it just seems like 
they made it too easy for the Clippers there in the first quarter to just drive into the lane and take whatever they wanted. And then it gave the Clippers some confidence. They were able to hit even some contested threes, and that seemed like it was basically the ball game. Yeah, a lot of blow-bys in that first quarter. And, and just, again, like I think I mentioned in the previous point, when you're giving up so many points on defense and the way this Hornets team is constructed and the way when they're at their best, we saw in Sacramento is when they're getting stops, getting live ball rebounds, Getting turnovers, which I actually think they did a good job of early on in this one, they just couldn't really convert, and it just kind of caught up to them. They couldn't get the offense going. It kind of trickled over into the defense, having to constantly get back. And uh, the Clippers pushed the pace, took advantage of it, blow-bys, and then they made adjustments and started really kind of, uh, every time the Hornets got a, even a little bit of momentum in that second half, it felt like the Clippers would hit a long contested three or a couple back-to-back threes and force a timeout too. So they finished with 21 threes, which I think was also a season high for them and 47% behind the line. I mean, they hit 14 more than the Hornets. I mean, that's that's a really big three-point differential to overcome is, I can't do the math in my head, but I think it's 40, 42 points difference in three-pointers. So, uh, yeah, again, a, a night where just never really got anything going, and it just kind of spiraled. And by the time you kind of figured it out a little bit, it was it was kind of too late. Some of the notable numbers from last night's game before we move on to silver linings. Again, Hornets fall 126-105 to 105 in Los Angeles against the Clippers. You had guys like Paul George that finished with a team-high 22 points for L.A., on the other side, LaMelo Ball had a triple-double with a game-high 25 points, but Nick Batum, 7-10 from the field. All of those were from beyond the arc. He finishes with a blackjack 21. You got guys like Luke Kennard that were in double figures as well. And again, I know a lot of these minutes came in garbage time and that sort of thing, but at the end of the day, the Clippers finished with 61 bench points to outpace the Hornets 61-32. to However, the Hornets did dominate the points in the paint 54-32, to but the other alarming number for me, Sam, and again, I already talked about the season-high 126 points for the Clippers and those season-high 23 made three-pointers as well, is the fact that L.A. turned the ball over 27 times and somehow the Hornets were only able to score 33 points off of all of those turnovers. For comparison, Charlotte turned the ball over 15 times, and the Clippers were able to score 24. So again, when you take a look at the box score, you kind of scratch your head a little bit when you see 27 turnovers from a team like Los Angeles. But at the end of the day, the Hornets didn't really do a good job taking advantage of those. Yeah, and I think that's you know that's a testament also to the Clippers too. Is like you know the season high for turnovers for them, and I think a lot of that too was they had a lot of guys back, and maybe guys are trying to find different roles, and they haven't had a full roster or lineup this season or a full rotation in a while. But uh, that's also a credit to them because when they did turn it over, and a lot of it was in live ball situations, they got back on defense, something the Hornets didn't necessarily do. And Steve Clifford made note of that after the game. But that's why the Clippers are good. They they can they're good at. Sw- switching in the half court and they get back on defense so even when they do turn the ball over it's not as easy to capitalize on their mistakes as you know some other teams in the league too so I don't know off the top of my head where they are in fast break points but last night the Hornets had just with all those turnovers and all those potential transition opportunities they only had 14 fast break points the Clippers had 20 so not an overwhelming differential there but considering how many turnovers more the Clippers had than the Hornets it definitely felt like you know, that was a big area where the Clippers excelled in, while the Hornets could not do as much in terms of getting back on defense and transition. Once again, Hornets fall 126 to 105 in Los Angeles last night. They'll stay in LA today, and then, of course, tomorrow we'll take on the Lakers. Another 10 30 tip here on the East Coast. You can watch on Valley Sports Southeast, and of course, check it out on the flagship sports radio WFNZ or through the Hornets app. But again, still some more to talk about on today's edition. Silver Linings coming your way next here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Sadly, yet again, a Silver Linings edition of the Hornets. I've cast Rob Longo and the lead writer of Hornets.com with you today, Sam Purley. Brought to you by Senta, as always, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Sam, time now, of course, for our Silver Linings portion of the podcast. You know how this works. There's always some Silver Linings to look at. Even in a loss, there was one that shined maybe a little bit brighter than all of the other ones last night, but... As a gentleman, I will defer to you first. Who was your silver lining from last night's game? Yeah, I'm going to go with LaMelo. Uh, obviously, we spoke about him earlier. I thought he was really good again. And 25 points, 11 rebounds, which I think was a season high. The 12 assists tied the season high, I believe, from the last game. Seventh career triple-double. Ties for the franchise's all-time lead with uh, Anthony Mason, too. So a little bit of a cool bit of history there in a kind of a tough loss. And also the second time in his career, he's had consecutive 20-point 10-assist games, too. So uh, I said after the Sacramento game the other night, considering how how much time he's missed this season and you know how few games I think this is only his eighth game with how good he looks right now is really really encouraging for the Hornets it can take a lot of time to shake off the rust for somebody that's missed that amount of time but he looks to be in mid-season form really kind of firing on all cylinders right now so it's a good sight to see. Lamello's trying to take Batum off the dribble he'll go to the baseline pass to a cutting Kelly Oubre what a dive the path illuminating for Kelly Oubre and Lamello ball showing him the way with his ninth assist leading to another Dr. Pepper dunk. He's something else. I can't say it any better than you did, Sam. LaMelo Ball has just been on another level here since he's returned from that ankle injury. And, of course, knock on wood, hopefully he's able to stay healthy because he is certainly the catalyst of this team. There's no other way to put it. I mean, the way he is just able to play and just run the offense with so much pace and so much speed and find some of these guys. I mean, there were a couple instances in last night's game where, yeah, LaMelo Ball almost finished with a quadruple double because he did have seven turnovers, but some of those passes that he was making, it just seemed like some of the players weren't ready for them. And again, that's something that's going to get timed out with just the pace that LaMelo plays in. You're going to have that when he's high tempo. When you're going at such a high pace, there are going to be mistakes made. So LaMelo Ball, he had five turnovers in the first half. He cleaned it up, only had two in the second half, and one of them was kind of a funny, silly travel that he had as soon as he was able to claim his 10th rebound and get his triple-double. But at the end of the day, great job by LaMelo, as always. 
Perfect silver lining pick. You talked about those seven career triple-doubles. That also puts him 75th on the all-time list for triple-doubles, which is crazy to think about because you have guys like Nikola Jokic, and of course Russell Westbrook is the all-time triple-double leader, but you got guys like Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic. Those guys seem like they have triple-doubles almost every night, and then at the same time, LaMelo has single-digit triple-doubles right now, and he's already top 75 in the NBA, so it's really remarkable what he's been able to do so far in his young career. He's also only one triple-double off from tying his brother Lon for eight career triple doubles so that will more than likely happen sooner rather than much later of course at the pace that Lamelo is going for me my silver lining last night is a guy coming off the bench and that was Jalen McDaniels pass tip taken away JT Thor hit ahead Jalen McDaniels at the buzzer yes hits the three the runner on a night where nothing goes right the Hornets hit the most inexplicable shot of the game so far Ended up being a pretty slick triple there from Jalen McDaniels, a little runner from straightaway three to beat the buzzer to end the third quarter. Got the Hornets within 23, and then they were able to make a little bit of inroads there in that fourth quarter like you heard Steve Clifford talk about earlier in the podcast. But he finishes with 16 points. Two for four from beyond the arc, even though there was that buzzer beater there involved. Five of 15 from the field, so not a great shooting percentage in that regard. Four for four from the charity stripe is nice, and he was only a rebound away from a double-double as well. He had nine rebounds, and he was a plus one in the plus-minus, which when you factor out the majority of the bench that came in there in the final three minutes of the game or so, just in mop-up time, McDaniels was the guy that was a positive in the plus-minus. Nobody in the starting five was. You had JT Thor that played 14 minutes. That was a plus two, but for the most part, Jalen McDaniels was the guy that saw significant minutes out there in 29 that was a positive in the plus minus, so he's been a guy where I thought he's been a little hot and cold here the last couple weeks, but he was a really solid bench presence coming off the bench last night for this Hornets team, Sam. Yeah, and I've been really impressed with Jalen and and how he's played this season, and I think something to kind of take into account these last few weeks with, you know, he's kind of been in and out of the starting lineup. That's a role that he's not exactly used to in the sense of just kind of moving in and out with, with Gordon being out and Terry being out and guys not playing as, you know, his minutes have kind of fluctuated. And I think it can kind of be a challenge to find your rhythm, knowing that your role is a little bit different or kind of fluctuating, giving on other availabilities too. So uh, I thought overall, he's been really, really good this year. He's taken some big steps forward offensively, you know, doing a little bit more you know, uh, dribbling, you know, putting the ball on the floor, you know, lingering stuff, three-point shooting, and defensively. I mean, he's very, very active, creating a lot of deflections, pushing the ball in transition, just looks a lot more confident, and that's what you want to see, too. So, um, you know, even on nights where he's not scoring a whole lot of points, he's, you know, finding ways to impact the game. So uh, another good night from Jalen. Hopefully there's a good more, more to come. Again, Hornets fall last night, 126-105 to in Los Angeles. couple of your silver linings there. Of course, LaMelo Ball with that triple-double. Again, once again, his stat line, 25 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds. He also had a couple of steals in there despite the seven turnovers. And then Jalen McDaniels, 16 points, 9 boards, ends up going 2-4 of four from beyond the arc, hits all four of his free throws as well. Coming up next here, as we put a button on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame announced the eligible candidates for the class of 2023. We're going to highlight some of the top names and some of the first-time names that are rather noticeable, and we'll tell you all about it next here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Rob Longo and Sam Perley, the lead writer of Hornets.com, putting a button on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. As always, we are presented by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Some interesting news yesterday, Sam. Important news in the game of basketball, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame announcing the eligible candidates for the class of 2023, and there are a ton of names on this list. There's different categories involved as well, so we're just going to go ahead and give you the highlights of some of the notable ones. The finalists from the North American and Women's Committee for the Class of 2023 are going to be announced on Friday, February 17th. That's part of the whole ceremony situation. That's going to be announced at 5.30, and of course, that'll be in Salt Lake City during NBA All-Star Weekend. The entire Class of 2023, including those selected by direct elect committees, will be unveiled during the NCAA Final Four in Houston, and that'll be on Saturday, April 1st. So we have some time, but wanted to give you guys kind of the rundown of some of the notable names here and these are some of the notable first time nominees you got coaches you got players involved some of the coaches include guys like John Beeline then some players that are really noticeable guys like Paul Gasol and then you also have Tony Parker who of course spent some time here in the Queen City and some of the other guys that are also very noticeable from the coaching ranks as well. A lot of them are college. You have guys like Jim Laranega, Dirk Nowinski, how could you forget about him as a player, and Greg Popovich, who it's almost remarkable that he's not in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame at this point, but he is a first-time nominee as well. Some of the other players that you take a look at and, and are some noticeable names, you have guys like Chauncey Billups, who has already been eligible for the Hall of Fame. Mark Eaton is is another guy, and then you even have guys like Mark Jackson who would be going in as a player as well. Sean Marion, another notable name. The list goes on and on. So those are just some of the highlights here, but wanted to highlight some of the first-time nominees. And another one I almost nearly forgotten, how could I, is Dwayne Wade as well. So you got guys from that mid-2000s era that are almost synonymous with the game of basketball depending on when you grew up who your childhood heroes were guys like Dirk and Dwayne Wade and some of those finals that those guys played in in the mid 2000s and the 2010s were just some of the most memorable games that you you really have so I mean I could go on and on about some of these nominees but just wanted to get your general thoughts here Sam on some of the first time nominees for the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, obviously, you know, you look at a few of these names and it's almost like you just blow right by them because it's it's almost a no-brainer. And a few of the ones that really stuck out and that have kind of a common thread, Pau Gasol, obviously two-time champion, one of the, you know, great centers of this, you know, this generation, Dirk Nowitzki, who is maybe one of the biggest, probably the best uh, shooting big man of all time, then Tony Parker, too, who is a staple for those four teams in San Antonio and, and, or for four championships in San Antonio, I believe, um, you know, international players, you know, the, all three of those guys were huge trailblazers for international players and kind of ushered in this, this new wave that has made the game very global and open doors around the world. And I think that's, you know, it's the basketball hall of fame. I think sometimes people forget it's not just the NBA hall of fame, it's basketball hall of fame. So it's what you've done in other leagues around the world, what you've done in the Olympics, what you've done in international competitions and things like that too. So, and, and being a trailblazer, and being somebody that uh, has made a lasting impact on the game, I think is also a huge kind of part of the, you know, the storytelling element of it too. So uh, Pau, Dirk, and Tony were, were trailblazers for the European players and obviously guys that are uh, really, really heavily looked on in, in their respective countries for what they've been able to do and accomplish in the NBA. I did think it was crazy that Popovich is not in the Hall of Fame too. I think that's a pretty easy check the box. And I don't know if it's true. I've heard in the past, and this might be wrong, but coaches sometimes have like a, I guess, the discretion if they're still coaching to like push it off for as long as possible or something, or they can kind of pick when they, they want to accept the nomination, unlike players who wait five years and then they're up for eligibility. I think it's a little bit different for coaching. Um, I want to say that John Calipari was in a similar situation recently too. So uh, yeah, Dwayne Wade obviously is another one that's a kind of an easy no-brainer. Um, and Becky Hammond as well, a very, you know, is, you know, making a accomplished WNBA career, just won a WNBA championship, played overseas, uh, Olympic medalist too. So uh, a lot of cool names. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of iron this out when they cut down the, uh, I guess they go to semifinalists or, or finalists, or I guess they announce the class. I think it's that in the final weekend of the final four or something too. So uh, definitely a lot of worthy names too. But uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to go to the Naismith Hall of Fame, definitely do it. It's a really, really cool museum and you can spend hours in there just going through all the exhibits and stuff. It's really, really cool up in, uh, and up in Springfield. I have not had the chance, but the story you talked about with coaches and they kind of get to pick and choose if they're still active certainly would not surprise me if Greg Popovich is one of those guys that has decided to just try to put this off as long as possible. Probably need a little bit of convincing as well. I remember Bob Huggins was one of those guys that such a legendary coach and he's been one of those guys that's kind of been put off and put off and put off and was finally able to be inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame last season as well. You take a look at some of these other like women's nominations. Of course, you talked about Becky Hammond. Some other first-time nominations. There's some women's veteran nominations as well in one of the teams that is up for nomination is the 1976 U.S. Women's Olympic team. It was a very notable team. I believe is the first one to play in the Olympics with women's basketball finally joining there in 1976. And then you just talk about some of those names like Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki, Paul Gasol. The thing that comes to my mind first there, Sam, when I hear those guys is – we're getting old because that was basically some of the guys that I watched growing up in my childhood. Yeah, it, it is kind of crazy too. And you, you actually remember these guys kind of coming into the league. And, you know, I remember Pau kind of starting, I think he was drafted by the Hawks, but I don't think he ever played there. And he started his career in Memphis and how big a deal it was when he got traded from Memphis to Los Angeles and then won those titles with Kobe and, uh, and, and Lamar Odom and Andrew Bynum and those guys in the 09, 010 and how big those were. And then he went to, to Chicago and, and San Antonio and just um, and then having kind of the, the cool privilege to one of the unique experiences for me is, you know, when Tony finished his career here in Charlotte, 
Um, I got to, I was traveling that year and, and got to see his first game, or I guess it ended up being his only game back in San Antonio and seeing the impact he had in San Antonio and how beloved he was and how much they loved the Spurs and those Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and, you know, Kawhi Leonard, I guess, towards the end of that era, you know, when they won the, the 14 championship too. So um, it, it's really cool to kind of see these guys, the impact they've made, not only around the league, but to their, you know, their teams, their communities, the players they played with and things like that. But I definitely agree with you. It does feel, you know, I can remember specifically watching the 2003 draft or watching the 2003 final four with Dwayne Wade on Marquette and then seeing him go, uh, I think it was fifth that year, and now his whole career has gone by, and he's now been retired for five years, and he's going into the Hall of Fame and all likelihood on first ballot too. So uh, I think when you can remember a full career end-to-end from a guy in college to the point that he's in the, the Hall of Fame, it, you're right. It's definitely a sign you're getting uh, a little bit older than you were in the past. I certainly agree with it, but so many noteworthy names, so many names that are worthy of this honor and it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out here in a couple weeks and a couple months as well when those finalists are named over the final four weekend in Houston at the beginning of April that's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast of course we'll have you with your of course we'll be back tomorrow with our game preview of the Hornets taking on the LA Lakers but in the meantime Sam Perley thank you so much for joining me on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast going over some recaps going over some silver linings and going down some memory lanes there towards the end as well absolutely thank you for having me as always and thanks all of you for joining us as well once again we will have your game preview hornets taking on the la lakers coming up tomorrow and you can catch it right here once again on the hornets hivecast thank you for listening to the hornets hivecast brought to you by senta the official eye ear nose and throat care provider of the charlotte hornets for more coverage visit hornets.com At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.